Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hello, and welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast. This segment has been taken from Thrive Thursdays with Dr. Patricia Mills. I hope you enjoy this episode. And here is Dr. Patricia Mills. So first, what I wanted to um, talk about is um, the difference between like what I'm not talking about today is a food allergy. Okay, so a food allergy is um, like an immediate reaction or a fairly immediate reaction to a food. Um, and so that's the one that like the one that everybody knows is the peanut allergy, right? You eat like if you have an allergy to peanuts or actually what's the debate now is it actually the peanut or is it the aflatoxin, which is a mold that commonly grows and um, contaminates peanuts. So anyways, it's a sensitivity to something when you eat a peanut. But um, And for some people, it's like walnuts, right? Or you know, uh, uh, yeah, like I know people have ser- serious allergies to certain nuts. That is, if you think about the immune system as like an army and there's different like parts of the army, there's like the foot soldiers where it's like an immediate response, like immediate launching of the foot soldiers that's like an allergic response it's like boom really being it all of a sudden massive release of um um of defenders right against this food that's coming in and your body has an um a sensitivity like an allergic reaction to it then you have um a more delayed um part of your immune system the immune system is what defends your body from foreign invaders amongst many other things um and food is like um Food is the one thing that we consistently put into our body that is foreign, right? And actually, while it's in while it's in us, like from the gut down to the rectum, it's it's like within like the space, but it's not inside of us yet. It's like the, if you were to um, draw out the digestive tract, it's like a tube that goes from the mouth all the way to the anus, and that tube, the inside of that tube, is actually not yet a part of it whatever's on the inside of that tube is not yet a part of us um for it to become a part of us it has to be um broken down um broken down broken down digested and then um transformed there are um, certain transformations that happen like for example the microbiome which is like the organisms within our gut that live within us that need to live within us they transform a lot of our food and then there's the absorption of the food right so it needs to kind of get sucked through the lining of the gut um, and then when um, that happens, then it becomes a part of our body. So um, food sensitivities are when after that, the breaking down process and the sucking through process into the, you know, past the, the gut, um, the lining of the gut, that's when you get um, um, the foot soldier. It's like quick release, quick response. So you see it within like a few minutes or, you know, yeah, usually within a few minutes. And you get the tongue swelling, the lip swelling, the, the rash, the hives. Um, in some cases, like severe asthma, restriction of the, of breathing, and of the very rare cases, you can die, right? Because everything constricts and you can't breathe, and then you die. And it can also cause cardiac events too, like in your heart. 
So um, what I'm talking about, though, is food sensitivities, and that's the delayed response. That's like the equivalent of like in the army, if you were to watch something happening on the ground and you identify that something's up, you then mount a response like, okay, let's bring out the bazookas, right? And it's like, you have to bring it out, you have to set them up, you have to load them, and then you, boom, release them. In the body, that can take up to 10 days, sometimes even 14 days. That's the delayed response. Um, in uh, medical terms, the, the food allergy is an IgA response and the delayed response is an IgG response. So, um, so basically, um, when you eat a food that you have a sensitivity to, um, so let's say, for example, like gluten, right? That's a very common one that people talk about. People don't often have like a gluten allergy. Um, they don't immediately react to gluten or whatever comes along with gluten, like gliadin. There's other components of wheat that could cause the food sensitivity, not just gluten. Um, so a wheat, there's also what's called a wheat allergy because it's just like to comp components of the wheat. Um, and there's other like, you know, dairy and uh, bananas even, like people can have those kind of reactions, red peppers, that kind of stuff. That's a delayed reaction and that can show up 10 to 14 days later. So imagine you eat a food and hi, if you're joining me, please say where we're coming in from and your name, that'd be great. Um, so the food sensitivity can show up like 10 to 7 days later, um, which means that it can be quite confusing and quite difficult to tell what it is that you're eating that might be triggering um, a reaction in your body. And the thing with these delayed reactions is that for every person, it's different. So for, for, for you, it might be the a skin rash or an eczema or like a, a dermatitis, like a rash around the eyes or oral, perioral dermatitis, rash around the mouth. It could be acne, right? Um, it could be uh, for other people, it's the joints and that's when you get your joint pain for other people. It's the gut and that's when you get irritable bowel syndrome or inflammatory bowel syndrome, like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. Um, th there could be, um, brain, like having brain fog. Right. And so that's when you, that's when it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not feeling well. Right. Um, and the one thing I'm constantly exposing myself to every day is my food and my thoughts and my movement and my water, like, or what I'm drinking, right? Like what I'm putting in me, what's running around in my brain and how I'm moving my body. So I can tell you most people like are, like people are pretty aware that they have to move their body. So it's like, um, you know, it's very, it's pretty rare for someone to be eating very, 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 very healthy and not exercising at all, like not walking, right? So usually the combination that I, what I see is people who are eating things that they're not aware of that are not working for their body from like a food sensitivity perspective or the way it imbalances their hormones, which is another topic. Um, and they're working out and working out and exercising and exercising and it's just not working for them, right? So, and again, the over-exercising is its own hormonal imbalancing topic and if the thoughts in your mind are its own hormone balancing topic. But in terms of food sensitivities, I find that to be pretty common. And I'm going to give you an example. So there's a couple ways to find out if you have a food sensitivity. Interestingly, the gold standard in research, which is to say um, the way that researchers use to determine is this truly a sensitivity or not, can you guess what it is? <laughs> it's actually the elimination diet. So the elimination diet is basically a diet where you go down to a very, very basic set of eating foods like vegetables and certain meats, and you, you have to, you know, prepare your food a certain way so because there's also food intolerances which is things like 
you've heard of, you may have heard of lectins, which is like if you don't properly cook your beans, it's going to have a lot of this protein that irritates the lining and destroys the lining of your gut. That's not a food sensitivity. That's an actual like irritant, like an actual damaging reaction to your gut, right? Um, and then the other thing is, um, and then there's like lactose intolerance, which is like at, even before the, the, from the lactose from the dairy gets into your body, your body can't break it down properly. And that's irritating to the gut. So that's lactose intolerance. And then some people have food, uh, food sensitivity to the casein or whey, which is the protein in the milk. So you can have many different levels of issues with things like milk. And usually um, people have issues with things that have complex proteins in them. That's the, where the sensitivities usually come up from. Um, and that's because uh, proteins, they should be broken down in the gut, to, like their little basic building blocks. So like, um, if you think of this pearl, uh, if you think of this bracelet as a protein, the individual um, um, beads are the amino acids and in the gut, they should be fully broken down into the beads. But what happens is due to problems with our digestive system, how we digest, um, which I'll get into, like, why do we develop these problems? Um, instead of like little tiny little pieces going in, which the body doesn't react to, the, like either the whole thing can get in or pieces of it can get in and the body doesn't recognize them as being um, part of yourself and it reacts to it. So the food sensitivities are to the protein and everything has protein in it, including with very few exceptions, like fat doesn't have protein in it, but um, like vegetables and fruits have their own protein in it. It's um, so that's why you will see people developing sensitivities to vegetables, fruits, and, and meats, and, and um, like even whole grains, like rice protein, right? Like pea protein, right? They isolate those things. So I do have concerns with people who are eating um, protein powders because it's like very isolated, very refined protein. Um, and I think that it's a very high chance that people will develop food sensitivities to those over time, if not already. So that's, and that there's a hormonal reason to not have protein powders too, but that's again, another, another topic. So I'm going to show you, I, um, of like five years ago, I wasn't doing super well. I was um, having like a rash on my face and I, I was just like not satisfied with the medical system. They were, they were trying to give me like, a, well, they gave me a steroid, which made my rash worse when I stopped the steroids. So that's not a solution to the problem, obviously. I wasn't deficient in the steroid, um, but I didn't know that at the time. I was like, sure, I'll take this medication that you're giving me. And then... Um, they were trying to give me like an antibiotic and I was like, why would an antibiotic help with my skin? Right. So anyways, I found out about why that is later, but I did do this test. So this is a food sensitivity panel and there's many different, um, companies that you can get this through. This one is Meridian Valley lab. I actually checked, you can order this test yourself. You can call them and they'll ship a kit to you. And, um, I'm like, I'm, I know for sure you can do this in the U.S. I'm pretty sure you can do this in Canada, but you just call them and ask and they'll help you with it. The only test that they need a family doctor's uh, prescription or a doctor's prescription for is their urine um, and uh, they're like their hormone testing. But this test you can actually um, get for free. So the thing, though, is that the, the medical professional that you order it through can be very helpful in trying to help you understand the results of the test and what to do about it. So one thing I want you to kind of notice is that first of all, I paid um, like $300 was for the basic panel and $600 was for the full panel. This is five years ago. I don't think it's changed much. But you can see here that um, it's many, many pages. Okay. Yeah, many pages. And basically they list all of these foods and they give you your sensitivities. And what you want to see here is that the blue here is low. That's what you want to be, like a low immune reaction. 
then you have moderate, and then you have high, okay? You can see here that at that time, I wasn't doing so great with my, my gut health, and food sensitivities is like a, a kind of a, a gut health indicator, if anything. It doesn't mean your body doesn't like all these foods. It means that the gut isn't healthy, and so it's reacting to the food. So you have to fix your gut if you see this picture. So see, I had a, quite a few moderate, um, some of them were low, but quite a few moderate to highs, see? Um, especially for me was everything to do with dairy, like everything to do with dairy. I just was not doing well with, um, and then a few, uh, were quite high. You see some eyes like this one right here. That one is almonds. So, um, like, again, this is where when people say, oh, um, they give like general strokes, like a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet or a paleo diet or a keto diet. I'm like, well, you need to find out the diet that's right for you. Like almonds are super nutritious very very lots of vitamin e healthy fats like oh my gosh can't speak enough about almonds but i cannot eat them you know right now anyways um i, I probably will be able to eat them um at some point in time in the future i haven't reintroduced them um systematically and uh, rigorously yet to, for me to find out but um and like for example black beans you know so this weekend i was as i said i was traveling into fino so black beans you can see is quite high I was traveling to Fino and there's like beautiful taquerias and taco fino and whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get myself a taco. You know, why not? And you know, how often do I do that? Um, I usually avoid flour and, and that kind of stuff for health reasons. And this, this one had black beans. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to give it a go. Um, so it was definitely better than it would have been five years ago because I've been working on my gut. But I did that night have like quite a rumbly tummy and it was like really uncomfortable. Um, so you know, I just know that for me, uh, that was a good test that I'm still not doing well with black beans. So, um, and like kiwi, I'm, I like, I, I'm supposed to not have kiwi, uh, cause I have a high reaction to it. And again, kiwi is a great, great, uh, food, but not for me at this time. Right. So the way that I, I, when I first got these results and I hadn't really uh, learned anything about this yet, I was just looking at this going, Oh my God, this is so crazy. And then what happens? Like, why did this happen? Right. And what I do find, um, if people, all they do, if all you do is cut out these foods in your diet, what's going to happen is, uh, and you don't do anything else, if you just cut out these foods from your diet and you don't do anything else, what's going to happen is you're going to start to develop more and more sensitivities to the food that you are eating until the point where you have like so many sensitivities, you have, you have to be on a very restricted diet. Um, and life is hell, you know, it's like super not fun to be on a very restricted diet. Okay, so why is it, um, why is it that you, uh, you do a food sensitivity test and it comes out full of sensitivities, like high sensitivities like mine was, okay? And I thought I was pretty healthy. Like I thought I was eating a very healthy diet. I was exercising. I was not overweight. I was having a bit of a hard time losing the extra weight from my pregnancy um, and my skin wasn't looking the way I wanted to my I was losing a little bit of like hair here you know there's like little things and in retrospect they were my tells right but I wouldn't have said oh I have a problem but so what this did is it clued me into the fact that I did have an issue and when I did the research what it is is that the lining of our gut is like a coffee filter so it's meant to let um, like fluid kind of fluid like solutions like very very small particles remember the small beads the small protein amino acids, like the building blocks of protein and fluid from like a very well digested um, food, right? Like your food, you have to chew it in the mouth very, 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 very well. And the gut has to like, the stomach has to break it down with its acid and neutralize it. 
as it goes down into the pancreas uh, with its uh, like alkali solution. And then at the level of small intestine, that's where a lot of the absorption occurs. So um, if you are not chewing your food well, you don't have enough stomach acid, you don't have a great pancreatic function. Um, and if your coffee filter is ripped, like, like holes in it, big holes of it, so that the food is the partially undigested food is now getting into your body. Now your body can react to it. So when you see something like this, what you actually have to think of is I have a problem with the health of my gut, uh, the lining that my digestive system is not healthy. Something about it is, is not working well. Okay. For me, as an example, um, one is I, I took a lot of antibiotics as a kid because I had meningitis and multiple year infections. Like, thank, good for, good, thank goodness for um, antibiotics that I would have died from the meningitis. However, the antibiotics destroy the living organisms in the gut, um, and they are responsible for helping us maintain the integrity of our gut lining. So they were kind of destroyed, and we, I didn't know, my family didn't know, so I didn't purposely rebuild them. Um, I was extremely stressed out from being um, work, overworking as a doctor, recovering from maternity leave, and stress can actually cause those the lining of the gut to open up a little bit. So what we're talking about is leaky bowel, and in medical terms, is increased intestinal permeability. We're supposed to have a little bit of leakage, right, from to get to get things into the body. But when we're talking leaky gut. We're talking about like lots of big pieces of things getting in that shouldn't get in. And then your body reacts to these big pieces of things that it's not supposed to see. It's supposed to see the small little pieces, okay? Because the building blocks for all life are the same. Like we have the same amino acids as protein and as, as, as meat, uh, as plants do and whatever. But the, the way that those are combined, the different bracelets and necklaces or whatever are all different depending on the organism. So that's where um, food sensitivities arise is when you don't have that digestion uh, or you can have perfect digestion, but the lining of your gut is just, is like, you know, from stress alone can open up the lining of your gut and food starts to come in before it's been properly digested and you develop a food sensitivity. So that's the stress connection, right? That's the, that's when people are like, well, I have like stress eczema or I have, um, yeah, like, um, whenever I get stressed out, these things flare up for me, that could very well be, or I had a, a very stressful moment in my life and boom, my, my health changed. And that's one mechanism through which that can happen, right? So another way, so antibiotic stress, anti-inflammatories like naproxen and ibuprofen and all those things, they are known, they have been documented. It's known that they destroy the lining of your gut. Your, every doctor knows that you're not supposed to be on those for any longer than like the absolute minimum necessary. I don't even prescribe them for my patients anymore. Um, I, I mean, I, I give them like many other alternatives for anti-inflammatory. The thing is those, those alternative ones, like, um, medicine, like medical doses of turmeric and omega-3 fatty acids and those things, like we're talking much bigger doses than what you would take normally through your, like a turmeric latte, for example. Like we're talking bigger, more um, concentrated supplement doses, they take longer to act. That's the problem. Um, research shows that they take about that, the, like those things like turmeric and omega three for anti-inflammatories take about three months to act. Sometimes, but you have to be persistent and consistent. However, what the the price you pay when you take an anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen or naproxen is potentially to develop food sensitivities. I was at the time getting really, really bad period pains, and I would take naproxen heavily for like three or four days of the month. Um, and so that plus the antibiotics plus the stress probably all contributed to me having 
my leaky gut or my increased intestinal permeability, the foods started, the foods that I was commonly eating started to get into my body and I started to develop food sensitivities to them. Okay. So this is not a, this is not a sentence for life, right? What this means is that you have to temporarily remove the foods that are causing the issue. Heal, like figure out what it was that caused your initial problem with your gut. Um, remove those triggers, heal the lining of the gut, and then you reintroduce the foods. And what I will say is that there's often um, a primary food sensitivity that is true, that no matter how much you heal your gut, you're probably always going to have a problem with. And that often ties into like, did you have it as a baby? So I, I had a lack, a, like I know I did not do well with dairy. See the dairy here for me as a baby. And then first, I think what happens is as you mature, you kind of become like more tolerant to things, but still an issue underlying. Um, and then you, if you, um, um, but it's probably still not great. And the thing with dairy problems is that they can actually, you can have not have them as a child and they can develop as you grow older. So you might've been fine with dairy, might've been fine with dairy. And then boom, all of a sudden you reach a tipping point and you're not fine with dairy anymore. So, um, and for some people, it'll be like, um, you know, something like oats might be the thing that they can just never go back to or whatever that is. So, um, but generally speaking, if you heal your gut, you can go back to a lot of the things. And the way to know is either through the elimination diet where you, you, you eliminate those and then you reintroduce and you track, you know, you reintroduce once every two weeks, ideally minimum once every week. If you do it shorter, you might miss, might get confused about what caused the reaction rate. Remember seven to 10 maybe even 14 days of a delayed reaction. You want the full window to see how your body responds to it. And then, um, and you track it. And if you, if you, if you have like a, if you develop over those two weeks, like something that doesn't feel right, write it down, eliminate that food again, do your other foods, continue your gut healing, and then reintroduce it some sometime again in the future. Um, now I'm not saying that this is easy to do the elimination diet, you know, off what I have found in my practice is that it's much easier to do as a group. Um, and when it's like being supervised and you're getting feedback from a medical professional or from a, a health coach or whatever that might be, however, you can do the elimination diet on your own. It's totally possible to do it. Um, and then you can find out, or you can call the lab. This one is Meridian Valley lab, and you can ask them if you can order your own kit probably way cheaper than getting it through a naturopath. However, once you get the results, um, you may need a medical professional to help you like interpret the results and, um, um, and understand it. And, and you can call Meridian Valley Lab and ask them to help you through that or, you know, um, depending on, they, might, they may or may not be able to guide you through the results. But generally speaking, um, they'll do the test for you, but they won't help you interpret the results. They, they usually want a health professional to, to do that for you. Um, and what I could do, I'm just thinking is, um, one day I could do a, like a special course where, um, just like a one day, one and a half hour, let's say webinar where everybody who joins will have done their test and we can go through it together and kind of, um, interpret together just so just as a thought, let me know if you're interested in that. Um, I just want to make sure I keep, um, addressing your needs and providing, um, you know, what you need, you're providing value for you and, and really just helping transform your health because the world really needs really healthy, amazing women like you to be vibrant and just in, you know, in a state of complete comfort and joy in your body. So it's like you don't even think about your body anymore. It's like it's working for you and you can focus your mind on other more important things. Thank 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health.